you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. blessing to us here at CLC, and I know this will not be the last time that we see him here. Amen. What a blessing he is to the kingdom of God and his family. We love and appreciate you. Brother White, come take your liberty. God bless you. Preach to us. Somebody say amen. Somebody say it one more time. That was just for the ones that didn't hear what I said when I initially took the microphone. We get kind of distracted. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 28. We'll go to the book of beginnings tonight. I believe the Lord is going to speak directly to the heart of this congregation tonight. It, it takes, not arrogance, but it takes a little bit of confidence for an evangelist or a preacher to stand up and say that because if the message flops, you're going to think I can't hear from God. But I believe since Friday midday, the Lord laid this message on my heart and let me know that I would be preaching this tonight. I understand it's not the evangelistic service that a Sunday morning is, and that's fine. I understand we have some guests here, and that's great, because what I'm going to preach is going to affect the heart of this church and the guests that are here. I will, I will say that it is such a tremendous honor. Again, I said it this morning, but I'll say it tonight. Just, just give me a few moments. An honor to be back in Frankfurt tonight. And, and this, this family, the, the Jordan family, is just, they are, they are they're, they're first class. There is no other way around it. You are blessed with an incredible pastor and family. And... Brother Dylan, I've enjoyed getting to hang out with him and his sweet wife. Uh, I, don't, I don't see her at the moment, but she, she is so sweet. But I'm sure there's, there's a, a bad side somewhere. I just don't want to get on it. Uh, and of course, <laughs> of course, to Pastor and then to Sister Jordan. Now, she's been introduced several times, and Mama Jay's been referenced several times. But I know how we are in Sillsby. Mom, mom, uh, my, my, my dad is, is the senior pastor at our church, and and, and everybody calls mom, mom white, and, and or rev mom, you know, something like that, just kind of funny. And but, but not just anybody gets to walk in and call her mom. We're a little, we're a little biased. We're a little protective. You know what I mean? And so here's, here's the goal I have. The goal is not to preach the most dynamic message you've ever heard. The goal is not to have the best revival y'all have ever heard, ever had. My goal is to be able to reach the place where, where Sister Jordan says, "You can call me Mama J." That is the goal. Because here's the deal. If I got her on my side, I ain't worried about none of the rest of you guys. 
And I, I, I sincerely mean it. You, you, it, everything has just been amazing, and and and, and I, I could go on and on, but I won't. But but the Lord has been so good, and I am blessed. I want you, this church, to know. When I go home back to Sealsby, when I fly back tomorrow, when I go back to Texas, I am blessed and I am better for having been with you here in Frankfurt. And I am so thankful for that. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10, the Bible says, And Jacob went out from Beersheba, went toward Haran, and he lighted upon a certain place. Everyone say, a certain place. And he tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place And he put them for his pillow, and he lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it, and to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, the east, the north, and the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all the places that thou goest, and will bring thee again unto this land. Everyone say, this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. And this is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate to heaven. Can I pause here for just a moment and tell you that what we are sitting in right now, this house of God, this is the gate to heaven. I know we talk about gates of pearl, but the gate that we're trying to get through is right here in this building tonight. We're trying to make a connection with the Almighty. The Bible says, And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stones that he had put for his pillow, and he set it up for a pillar. He poured oil upon it, and he called the name of that place Bethel. Tonight I will preach a message that I must have your trust to preach. You must feel the sincerity in my heart, and you. I hope you can feel the weight of the burden that I feel tonight because I will preach this message, the difference in pillows and pillars. The difference in pillows and pillars. The Lord wants to establish some things in the lives of some people. He wants to set up some pillars in this congregation tonight. I believe the Lord, you're in a great season of revival, you're in a great season of blessings, but I believe the Lord is trying to strategically place some things and some people and some mentalities into a place that will sustain you for the next five to six years until God takes us into yet another season of revival. Would you lift up your hands right now and ask God to begin to touch? Come on, I know it's going to take trust to hear from somebody that you don't know real well, but God's wanting to touch and He's wanting to speak prophetically into this, it would not surprise me if the gifts of the Spirit do not start flowing in this congregation. Come on, lift up your voice right now. asking you to pray and scream. I just want us to wait in the presence of the Holy Ghost right now. 
The Lord's trying to mend the heart of this preacher to the heart of this congregation right now. seated tonight. See, I understand the, the dreadful task before me. Thank you so much. You did such a great job playing. Isn't she, isn't she a great? Just wanted to make that exit off the stage as, as, as uncomfortable as possible there, but everybody's just kind of watching her now walk off. <laughs> but I realize, <laughs> I realize that, that I have the, 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 unenviable position of preaching to you on a Sunday night after you have been hopefully engaged and involved all day in services and in the working of God and we were talking with pastor today and I said you know Sunday and, and it's supposed to be the day of rest you know it's a Sabbath I said but what's funny is if you're really involved in ministry there's not another day in the week you work as hard as you do on Sunday and uh, but but hopefully we we're engaged and I realize that I'm the only thing standing between you and, and dinner or leftovers or whatever it may be and and getting to go. Anybody just I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is about as spiritual as some of y'all gonna get right now. What, what about them leftovers on a Sunday night? I travel all over the place. I eat at restaurants. I I <laughs> brother brother Jordan will understand that. I go to some place and they're like, oh, we know where we're gonna take you. You're from Texas. And I'm like, oh, okay. We're going to Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> Texas does not have its own kind of food. We are at times, unfortunately, still a part of the good old U.S. of A. Sometimes we just do our own thing. And that thank God for Texas. But, <laughs> but, but. The reality is that every one of you right now, when I start talking about my message, every one of your mind is going to go to a place where I'm going to run the risk of losing you for about 15 minutes. Because everybody, this is, this is going to be some of the most dynamic statements you're going to hear all night. Everybody loves a good pillow. Everybody. Right now, you just your mind just went back to your bedroom. You are no longer even in the building right now. Your mind went back to the way you have your pillows laid out. <laughs> Some of you have one pillow and it's soft. Some of you have one pillow, it's thin and it's hard and God's not even pleased with that. <laughs> Some of you have two pillows. Like myself, the bottom one's a little firm and the top one's a little soft so I can lay my delicate head upon. Hey, I got a big old nugget, but, but it needs to rest. <laughs> and, and everybody's got a certain way it's got to be done. We've all went to that hotel and we thought, oh man, I forgot my pillow. My wife, God bless her, they, they, she's about five one and a half on a good day with a good pair of heels on. And she is the, she's a little bitty petite thing and she is so amazing. I love her to death. But she's got this pillow and it goes everywhere. I'm like, babe, we're just going to the grocery store. No, I'm like, <laughs> but it goes everywhere with us. And, and my kids have adopted this and. My daughter has a, 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 a unicorn, and if you don't believe in unicorns, 
you don't have a daughter. But, but she has a unicorn pillow that folds up, and it looks like a unicorn horse, but it unfolds, and it's a pillow. And, and, and KJ loves this pillow. My point is, is everybody loves a good pillow. I went, I went camping one time in West Virginia with the Bounds brothers, David and Aaron Bounds, and, and it was the most terrible experience I've ever had in my life. We, we, we were supposed to go down, and they said, Nate, we're going we're gonna to sleep like kings. We're going to fish. We're going to have a great time in the mountains. And, and, and I am not outdoorsy, okay? I like to hunt because I like to go to the stand where my buddy heater is, and I like to come back to my truck where my heater is. And so we, we go out there, and, and we, <laughs> I, I got to hurry, but we end up out there, and we end up laying on a rock that's about the size of, 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 of this, this platform. But the problem is there's not three foot that there's not a little wave in it somewhere. And we had no cots. We had no sleeping bags. It, they couldn't get everything down there. And so we just carried what we carried on our back. I had on uh, beach shoes, like water shoes. And they said, we're just going to walk the banks of the river. No. We climbed boulders the whole time we were coming through these mountains. I blew the toes out of my shoes. And I, 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 I looked homeless. I mean, it was bad. And so, it, 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 but my point is, is I got there and I could have slept, Dylan. I could have been okay. I didn't have a pillow. I had a sheet. That was it. I didn't have a pillow. But my point is this, is that I laid on this rock, and it was the most uncomfortable rock I'd ever slept on in my life. And so when I began to read and I began to study about old Jacob here, and the Bible says that he got rocks for a pillow. Come on, Jacob. Ain't nobody really being comfortable on no rocks. Some people like hard pillows, but you ain't trying to sleep on a rock. But Jacob, and he gets everything, and the Bible says that he leaves Beersheba, and he journeys, and he begins to travel, and he begins to go on this way, and we can go into all the details of why he was leaving and why he was journeying, but I'm tearing stuff up, why he was journeying and why he was leaving, but the Bible says that he gets to a certain place. And when he gets there, the Bible says that he gathers himself some stones and some rocks and he, he puts them together for a pillow and he, he lays his head down in this location and he begins to drift off to sleep. This place was not a place that Jacob felt he had to be on guard. It, it was not a place that Jacob felt that he had to watch his back and be, be on the lookout for things that could be or might be wrong. Jacob, I believe, knew where this certain place was. And he had very probably been there numerous times before. Jacob knew where this place was and he finds rest in a certain place. It was no accident that he was there. While it may not have been his final destination, it was a place where he had planned to stop on his journey. In fact, the Bible says that he's so comfortable there that he drifts off to sleep and he begins to sleep. That good kind of sleep, the stuff when you wake up the next day and you've had dreams and you're not real sure what the dream meant. You know, you're like, you, you almost want to call pastor and say, was this a pizza dream or is this a God dream? Because it don't make no sense to me. 
But Jacob began to dream, and the Bible says in verse 12 that Jacob has this dream, and he sees a ladder, and it is set upon the earth, and the ladder reaches all the way from earth all the way into the heavens. The Bible says that the angels would ascend and then descend. The angels, watch this, the angels. It's very important that we understand that the angels would go up, and then they would come back from heaven, and they would come back down to earth. I need to pause here for just a moment and tell this congregation that before we can ever expect the presence of God to come down and visit us, we must first send something His direction. That's why pre-service prayer is so important. That's why prayer rooms are important. That's why worship service is important. It's not just ritual. It's not just something to occupy our time. But when we begin to worship and we begin to pray, we're making an investment into the kingdom of heaven. And God begins to pour out upon us. Anointing will not fall in our services unless commitment is set forth. Power will not fall unless praise is sent up first. Deliverance cannot fall until our world is saturated with prayer and with anointing and with a demonstration of God's power. Miracles will not happen unless we first demonstrate our faith like we did tonight. And we say, God, I may not see it working yet, but I believe believe you're going to do it. I may not understand why I'm here, but I believe you're going to work a miracle in my life. The old saying still holds true. What goes up must come back down. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life I haven't felt an ounce of God, but I go in and I lift my hands toward the heavens and I let God know I need you to touch my life I need you I may not feel it but I worship you I may not understand my battle but I exalt you come on tonight why don't we do that for just a moment let's engage with the Holy Ghost Bible tells us in verse 13 and 14 that God begins to speak to Jacob as he stood at the top of the ladder he began to speak and he begins to reaffirm things and prophecies to Jacob that had been given to his father and to his grandfather. God tells Jacob that he is the same God that spoke into the life of Abraham and Isaac. God tells Jacob, not only am I the same God to you that I was to them but I'm going to do the same things with you that I told them I would do. I need this church to hear me right now. I feel the prophetic gifts of the Holy Ghost starting to flow through this congregation. Though one generation did not see all that God had promised them, God was letting Jacob know, I'm still going to do something in your midst. I know you haven't seen everything that Abraham and Isaac said I told them. But Jacob, don't you ever forget, I'm still the same God. Hold me just a a little closer. Jacob, hold on to me 
a little longer because in you and in your seed will all the families of the earth be blessed. Jacob, I know you've been hearing your whole life how the people were going to multiply. I know you've been hearing your whole life how that things were going to grow. What I was not able to do in one generation, I will fulfill in another generation. Hear me tonight. You hear the voice of this preacher tonight, church. When I tell you that God sent me to this pulpit with confidence to tell this congregation and to tell this church pastor the promises that were given generations ago, the promises that were spoke 15 and 20 years ago, you may not have seen it happen yet, but God said to remind his congregation, I'm still going to do that which I spoke to them. The people may not be here anymore. They may have walked away, but God said, I'm still going to bless. I'm still going to anoint. There's still a revival coming. Oh, I know things are good, but don't you ever settle. Hear me, CLC. Don't you get comfortable with where you are. Don't you slip back into a mediocre state. Don't just begin to maintain. But God said, now is the time to, I tell this church in the Holy Ghost, right now is the time to engage and begin to push to the next level. We got good music. We got good worship. We got good programs. But God said, I need my people to engage because you haven't seen anything. It's as if I can hear God tonight uh, saying in you uh, and in all of your efforts uh, will the city of Frankfurt be blessed uh, in Christian life uh, and in all of your prayers uh, and in all of your fasting uh, and in all of your effort. I know you knocked the doors and you didn't see them come. I know you put forth the outreach effort and you didn't see what you thought you would see. But God said, tell this church, I'm sending a harvest. I'm sending a revival. Your investment was worth it. Your work was worth it. I want to confront the negative spirit that I just felt. And I'm not even sure it's in the building, but I feel the spirit of this area saying, well, I've heard all that before. We've had other evangelists tell us that before. Well, good, you better get ready to hear it. Because as long as I'm allowed to come, God's going to keep on telling you, I'm sending revival. I'm sending the soul. I'm going to send brand new souls that's never heard of Jesus before. I'm going to send brand new souls that don't know anything about Pentecost. But here's what he also said. I'm sending the prodigal back home. I'm sending the lost loved one. I'm sending the lost children back to the house. I'm sending the marriage back to the house. I'm sending the brothers and the sisters back to the house. I know they used to be here. I know it hurt when they left, but I'm sending the prodigals. I'm sending... You better get ready. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, there is an influx of backsliders that are coming back to this church and it's only going to be your job to love them and accept them and heal them and put them back in the fold.
You hear me in the Holy Ghost. God said, not many days and I will send the harvest. Not many days and I'll send the backsliders. Your phones are going to start ringing with people that are saying, I got to know somebody loves me. Your phone's about to start ringing and it's going to be lost loved ones that are going to be saying, can I come back home? Can I come back to the church? Will they still... Lift your hands right now. We may not get any further. Lift your hands right now. The Holy Ghost is trying to speak to us. Oh, I know. I know we love to preach about it. We love to scream and shout about we want the alcoholic. We want the addict. We want those that are living alternative lifestyles. We want those that are ugly. We want the ones that nobody else wants. But here's my question for this church tonight. Do you want the ones that hurt you? Do you want the ones that have talked about you? Do you want the ones that used to sit beside you, but they blamed you for walking? I got about 60% of the participation I had last time. Well, they talked about me. Join the club. Well, they lied on me. They lied on Jesus. It doesn't matter. You're not the Messiah. Jesus said, can you love the ones that have hurt you the most? Can you love the ones that used to be in leadership, but they left and they made a mockery? Can you love the ones? When I send them back, CLC, can you love them? When I give them back to you, can you heal them? I feel the Holy Ghost trying to heal somebody right now. If you're in this building and there's somebody that used to go to this church that's not here anymore, I want you to lift your hands up. If you know somebody that used to be in this church, but now they're a million miles away from God, I want you to lift your hands. And right now, I want you to begin to pray for that individual. God's already laid them on your heart. And I want you to begin to go into travail for them right now. We may move on. We may get past this. But God said, can you pray? for my lost ones can you pray for the prodigal can you pray now some of you that got your hands up while they're still up and while your eyes are still closed I want you to begin to forgive the people that you're thinking about right now I want you to begin to forgive them for the things they said and forgive them for the things they done forgive them for how they hurt forgive them for how they lied on you if you will forgive them God will not only heal your spirit but he will restore them God will not only bring them back to the house but God will restore you to a place of confidence and anointing. I know we're going to have a healing service, but it's going to be a healing service of the Spirit. God's trying to heal somebody's heart.
The Lord's trying to heal somebody's spirit here tonight. I'm telling you, I'm preaching to a wounded spirit sitting in this congregation tonight. I didn't know if you were here before, but I know if you're here right now. The Lord's trying to heal a wounded spirit. The Lord's trying to heal somebody. You may be in leadership. You may be in ministry. You may be somewhere. And something along the way, it hurt you when they left. It hurt you when they lied on you. And you've held everybody else at an arm's length. You've held everybody else kind of away. And you haven't been as effective as you've wanted to be. You haven't been able to affect the lives of the people that you're leading. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, you'll have complete peace when you let God heal your spirit. You'll have complete confidence in your ability when you let God heal your heart. One more time, lift your hands all across this building. Right now, reach over and grab somebody's hand. There's somebody in this building you have felt instructed in the Holy Ghost to go wrap your arms around somebody and pray for them and try to encourage them, but you think it's the wrong time. I release this congregation in the Holy Ghost. Begin to operate as the Lord's seen fit. I may finish this message some other time, but God wants to touch somebody right now. God wants to begin to operate right now. The Lord spoke to me earlier in this service, and he said, I want to heal the spirit of an individual. I want to be able to heal the heart of an individual. I know we've got physical needs, but God wants to heal somebody. God wants to do it right now. I release the ministry of this church. We don't have to just come to the altars, but you begin to move and you begin to operate as the Holy Ghost sees fit right now. Begin to pray for somebody. I know the Holy Ghost has already told you to move. I know the Holy Ghost has told you to go. Every person with your hands lifted right now, letting the operations of the Holy Ghost begin to flow. Come on, nobody looking around. Every eye closed, every hand raised. God's trying to heal the heart of this church. God's trying to heal the spirit of this church. You're a little gun shy. You're a little worried. But God wants to heal it. And he wants to restore complete confidence. Yeah, come on, the Holy Ghost is moving right now. I'm asking you, step out. I know it's awkward. I know you may not be comfortable with it right now. But I'm asking you to step out in the Holy Ghost. Begin to go to somebody that needs strength. Go to somebody that needs prayer right now. Begin to pour into them. Begin to invest in them again. I'm telling a preacher, I'm telling a leader right now that God wants to use you. But you've closed yourself off. You've shut yourself off because you're afraid of being 
hurt. You're afraid of being a failure. You're afraid of being wrong. But God said to tell you tonight, he's going to use you in a way that you have never been used before. But you've got to submit. You've got to allow him. Come on, that's it. Move. I'm asking you, move out right now. Move out right now. We don't need music. We'll get some direction here in a moment. We don't need music. We don't need singing. We just need to flow in the Holy Ghost. There's a preacher in the building right now. There's a preacher's wife. There's a leader in the building right now. You're hurt and you're struggling and you're frustrated. But God wants to restore your confidence in yourself. God wants to restore some things in your heart. Why don't you begin to move right now? Why don't you begin to lay hands on somebody? Grab them by the hand and let them know you're not doing this on your own. You're not fighting this by yourself. The Lord said, I want to resurrect old prophecies. You hear me in the Holy Ghost. God said he's going to resurrect some promises that you thought were dead. Some revivals that you thought were never going to happen. And when this church is running 500 people, God said, I'm going to keep pouring the harvest. I'm going to keep pouring the blessings because you are living in the right place. You are operating in the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift up your voice. It's too quiet right now. There needs to be a cry unto the Holy Ghost. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Here's what we're fixing to do. You hear me? The Holy Ghost has given me a little bit of instruction. As long as it's okay with Pastor, this is what we're fixing to do. There are people all throughout this building. There are some of you. I could come to you right now. Some of you are crying and praying, but there are others of you. You have refrained from moving. I want to tell you, you are displeasing the Holy Ghost by shutting yourself off. You've, you've learned to put on the facade. You've learned to put on the mask. And act like everything's fine. But I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, you are displeasing God by doing that. 
God loves you and God wants to heal you, but you are, you are infuriating the Spirit of God. Because he has taken an entire service. He's taken an entire message. I got about 10 minutes into my message, and God's decided to completely rearrange everything to try to help somebody in this building. But you keep closing yourself off, and you keep saying it's not for me. You keep saying I'm fine. I'll be okay. Don't worry about me. There are people that have come to pray for you, and you've acted like you ain't the one that needed prayer. You are frustrating the spirit of the Holy Ghost. And if you're not careful... If you're not careful, God's going to get real tired of trying to fix you. And God is going to leave you sitting where you are. And he's going to move on and he's going to let you stay in this place. You're not going to be lost. He's not going to judge you. He's not going to send you to hell. But he's going to move from you who refuses to change. And he's going to go to somebody else that's ready to operate in the anointing that should have been yours. The power and the ministry that ought to be some of yours in this place. God said he's getting tired. And you are exhausting his ability to keep reaching for you. So here's what we're going to do. Now that we all know that God's not joking. And now that we all know that Nate White's a little crazy. Here's what we're fixing to do. I'm going to ask you to be man enough. I'm going to ask you to be woman enough. There ain't no, there's not a weak person in this. When we come through, here's the beautiful part about the church. When we clear those doors, we're all on the same playing field. Doesn't matter how perfect or imperfect you are. When you come through, you're somebody that needs a touch from God. So here's what we're going to do. I reserve this entire front part of this auditorium tonight for anybody that's man enough, woman enough to say, you know what? I've been hurt, I've been attacked. And my spirit is not completely healed yet. There's no weakness in it. I open this altar area for those of you first. If some of you knew the attacks I have endured since Friday. From people I consider to be my friends. Outright attack on me. I'm hurt. I'm wounded. I'll, be, I'll, I'll admit it. Well, I'm telling you what the Holy Ghost is trying to get us to understand. There are some of you that God wants to heal tonight. There are some of you, maybe you made a mistake. Maybe you, you had an issue and now your confidence in your own self is, is, is hurting and your confidence in yourself is wavering a little bit. Welcome to the club. Every one of us in this building has felt that at one point or another. There's a leader. I don't know who you are. You may already be at the front. I won't embarrass you because you're in leadership. But there is a leader in this building tonight that you have been attacked, you have been hurt, you have been wounded. And you've thought about, even as late as today, you've thought about going to pastor and asking him to remove you until you can get over it. But God said he wants you to get over it tonight. He wants to heal you and pull you, not just get over it, but he wants to pull you through it tonight. So that once you get on the other side of that hurt, and once you get on the other side of that wound, you'll have an ability. You'll have the ability to turn around and minister to someone else in a way that you would not have been able to minister had you not endured the attack, had you not endured the hurt feelings, had you not endured the attack of the adversary. God's trying to strengthen you. He's not trying to break you. He's not trying to crush you. He's trying to strengthen you and remind you of what ministry is really about. Right now, all across this building, if you're here and you want to step out, come on and join us. But right now, all across 
across this front. I'm asking you to simply lift your hands right now. I'm not asking you to pray anything crazy. I want you to simply close your eyes and look toward the heavens. You don't have to say anything wild. You don't have to say anything crazy. But I want you to close your eyes. I want you to lift your face toward the heavens. And I want you to begin to say this with me. Jesus, I forgive them. Jesus, I release it out of my control. I cannot control it. I cannot fix it. I cannot undo it. God, I'm tired of being mad. I'm tired of being hurt. So Jesus, I release it into your hands. I give you. Come on, I want you to open your mouth and begin to say it. It's too loud in here for anybody else to hear you. Open your mouth right now. Open your mouth and begin to say it. Jesus, I release it. I take the hurt. I take the bitterness. I take the offense. I take the misunderstanding. And I give it to you. And right now, upon the authority of the Holy Ghost and the power of God's Word, I release a spirit of healing to fall on this congregation. I release a spirit of healing to fall on this church. When the backsliders come back, they're going to feel the same love. When they come back, they're going to feel the same healing. Right now, I release you in the name of Jesus. Begin to speak in tongues in Jesus' name. Begin to move and operate in the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. I release all the bitterness. I release all the frustrations. Some of you didn't even realize you were the one I was talking to. But as you've begun to recite this, as you've begun to pray with me, you've begun to feel it lift off of you. Right now there's a weight that's lifting off of your chest. If you'll pour it out, God will pour back into you. If you'll pour out the hurt, if you'll pour out the frustration, if you'll pour out the mistake, God will pour love into you. God will pour peace into you. Some of you, when you go back to prayer, you're going to pray like you haven't prayed in years because there's a healing in the vessel. There's a healing in the heart. Yes, yes, yes. 